0: Ha 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 ha, ha. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Da 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 da. Welcome back. Welcome back. If you've made it this far, <laughs> we've got another great show for you today.
0: Yeah, special a special episode of all the episodes are special, but this one's—they're all special this, in their own way. This one way. should be fun. We started <laughs> off the
1: podcast with like a very serious movie, <laughs> and this week, we, we we're kind of doing the inverse. We have a fun movie and a more serious album. So this week yeah. we're going to talk about Speed, the 1994 Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Sandra Bullock film, and we're also going to talk about Crack Up, uh, Fleet Fox's second third album, third album, I believe. Yes, third, third album. album. That's a, so now you already know the dynamic of who suggested. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> the Fleet Foxes album. We, I guess
0: so far we've only made this is only our second episode. We basically like flip flopped where it's like Spotlight was my favorite movie, but you also like that movie. So I, I like kind of picked the movie, but then mm-hmm. you picked the the first album. And now we've like, mm-hmm. but we both like agreed on speed too. But now this is like, I guess more so like my album. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, the specials was more my yeah album.
0: But uh, I mean, it's not like we're gonna, I guess, flip flop. We we have a discussion is like what we're gonna do every week. But uh, yeah, this is we're where we we're
1: never gonna force someone to to, to do something <laughs> that they just don't want to do. Yeah. Um, well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe for a spe- an even specialer episode, yeah, <laughs> we force each other something that we know the other will not yeah. like.
0: I forgot last week to even explain why our f- podcast is called Ha 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 Fantastic, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> explain it
1: to us, so, Christian.
0: So there's another podcast I've been listening to for like years, like six or seven years or something like that, um, called The Weekly Planet, which was started by this guy who had like a YouTube channel... His name's James mm-hmm. Clement, but uh, he made a podcast with his friend, this guy named Nick Mason, he's a comedian. Uh, and then a little way, they just talk about like movies and comics and TV shows and stuff like that. But a little bit down the way, he made another podcast. James made another podcast with his wife called Suggestible, um, where they just like suggest like a thing for people to watch or see or whatever uh, every week. And um, last year with like 2020, all the craziness, everything that was going on. Uh, on top of that, like his, his wife was pregnant and so he's like super stressed out and all this sort of thing where he, he was like starting to go crazy, not like really, but like kind of, you know, and, um, he, uh, he, 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 on the podcast, he makes fun of Tom Cruise a lot and, uh. His he got to a point where he was just like trying to take the quote unquote Tom Cruise approach to like negativity mm-hmm. and where he would just like something like stressful or would happen. And he'd just be like, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh They talked about that on the podcast. I thought that was really funny. And so this podcast is kind of like in that spirit of I don't know, we we're, we're taking serious things, funny things, all things in life and just trying to mm. like, you know, have fun with it and talk about it, you know. Um, yeah, and that name wasn't taken. There were lots of podcasts called Fantastic. There were lots of podcasts called Ha Ha Ha, ha but not together. So,
1: but nothing together. That's right? That's that's ours. That's ours. <laughs> we got it. We got the
0: email address too. Deal with it. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> all right.
1: So, Speed. Alec, what is speed? speed? Tell. What's the story of Speed? What is Speed? Oh, oh, Speed is a wonderful film. So. There is a bus that, if it goes above 50 miles per hour, uh, the bomb bomb hidden on it will be armed. And if it drops below 50 miles per hour, the bus will explode with everybody on board. Who would
0: do such a thing? Who would put a bomb on a
1: bus like that? So spoilers for speed, but it's Dennis (laughs) Hopper. Uh, you find out he is the bad guy. I think about ten seconds into the <laughs> yeah. movie, and because when, because yeah, because the first
0: <laughs> when he's the first yeah. thing you see in the movie sets a tone. By the way, plays the credits, credits roll down, and then it just cuts to him just like stabbing a dude in the temple with a knife. Just <laughs> like wow, okay, that's that's this type of movie. And he
1: says nothing personal, <laughs> yeah,
0: with like a smirk <laughs> on his face, like okay, so this guy's a psycho. Got
1: it. So it's his plan to get a bunch of money that he thinks is owed to him, uh, but inter who intervenes? But our protagonist Jack, played by Keanu Reeves, the incomparable Keanu Reeves, uh, who is with the LAPD, and he stops Dennis Hopper's initial plan. So Dennis Hopper has a backup plan ready to go. Yeah. With uh, that's something I just realized. I think like the bus plot of the movie i don't think was in the original like plot what do you mean that that he had like oh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. whole He's point like was, on the was to get money for the people on the um, elevator yeah
0: so like in the movie basically the movie starts out and this guy has attached mm. like a bomb to a elevator inside this like skyscraper and there's mm. an elevator full of people and he hits the he bl- he blows up one of the the wires like holding the elevator uh, in place and the elevator like drops a, a bit, but it's still held on to like another wire. And so then he threatens mm-hmm. to like blow the remaining wire, which will then kill all the people if he doesn't get paid so, so much amount of money. And yeah. so hilariously, this is my first note on the movie, by the way. And so th- the setup happens, credits roll, stabs a dude in the temple. You get the idea that the people are trapped in the elevator and then it just cuts mm-hmm. to the entrance of Jack and Harry played by Keanu Reeves and, um, uh, what's the dude from uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniels? Daniels? Yeah, and Jeff Daniels. The dude. It's, I'm sorry, something. I was gonna say Dumb and Dumber. Put some
1: respect on his name, <laughs> sir.
0: It cuts to them just flying 15 feet in the air from a car, and just, like, landing on the ground, and they, like, hop out, and it does this, like, 360 pan around the cars. they're getting their sh- their gear out of the trunk and shit, and, like, chewing some gum and their tactical gear and bullshit, and then they get inside. That made me laugh so hard, because they're, like, literally, like, 15, 20 feet in the air, just flying up a cliff mm-hmm. and landing in the middle of a street in, like, downtown LA. It sets the tone
1: very yeah. well. So, very Jack campy. and Harry thwarts Dennis Hopper's plot, and then... Two weeks go by, and then Dennis Hopper comes back, and he's got a new plan. Jack has to save people on a bus, and the bus cannot drop below 50 miles per hour, or the bus explodes. That was funny, because, um, yeah,
0: that's yeah. funny, because, like, so obviously, you know, they, they save the day or whatever with the people in the elevator, but, um like, and then there's like a little scene, before the two weeks, actually, well, no, it was, I guess it was the, at the end of the two weeks passing or whatever, they are mm-hmm. getting awarded some medals, and for mm-hmm. like bravery or, or whatever. And uh I, one of my other notes here is that the guy who awards them, like the he gets a little speech before he looked like a friggin' like mobster. Like these guys, they showed a lot of moxie out there or whatever. <laughs> he <laughs> looks like the most like <laughs> sleazy. I'm assuming he was like the mayor or something of LA, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then he gives him, uh, he gives him the awards. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, since we're still talking about this scene, I love the don't fuck with daddy line. Yeah. It's a very, it's kind of like a a line ahead of its time. It feels like Dennis Hopper,
0: he says that when like he starts to, he's got like the elevator shaft
1: bugged. And then
0: he, he hears, I guess, Jack and Harry like mess, like tinkering around up there or whatever. And and so he's like, don't fuck Mm. with daddy. Then he like blows up like another thing
1: or whatever. Yeah. And then uh so the Jack is aware of the bus plot so he goes and he jumps on the bus and then he meets Amy Annie Annie yeah Annie Sandra Bullock's character and uh he she becomes kind of his right-hand woman uh, throughout the whole experience and then they fall in love under this extremely stressful situation which uh You know, so at the end of the movie, spoilers, they both survive and they both start making out. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack says to her, you know, relationships form under, like, intense situations uh, never work out. Um, That line is almost, like, verbatim in... Believe it's Man of Steel. Oh, really? <laughs> Where Lo- Lois Lane says that to to Clark Kent after he just snapped uh, Zod's neck. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know why. I always remembered that line. You know, when I saw that movie, was it, eight years ago now. Because I was like, "This is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, why would you say that after this in- incredibly tense situation?" Yeah. Uh, and then they do. I guess they got. Imp- inspiration from speed where <laughs> that's literally what they say after they just survive I mean, subway. I crash. mean
0: that's like every that's like a cheesy line to put into like an action movie where there's like the the male hero dude or whatever and then there's like the damsel yeah. in distress fucking trope mm-hmm. that they do in all these movies mm-hmm. where she's like, oh I heard the uh, thing relationship starting works. in fucking you know stressful
1: circumstances never mm-hmm. work
0: out. It's like oh well Fuck it then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it works in speed because of the movie that speed made itself. Yeah. as. speed is like it. Do, it did not work in Man yeah, of did, Steel. Sp- in my
0: little speed opinion. is like a campy film for sure, but it's also it's kind of awesome. It's still a classic. It like holds up still uh, to this day.
1: Um, oh, absolutely. The it's it's a joy to watch. It, it's it's so much fun to just look at have the explosions all the all the sounds and sights that are coming at you the characters are they they play it everyone's on the same level of hammy and uh, yeah it's funny it's it's just fun you really, like you don't have to think about you it you
0: really get a good idea of like the hamminess and I, this is one of the other things i was thinking about when i watched it the first time this week um i was there it, there's kind of like a big up and down that they have when it comes to um uh The like celebration that the people on the bus have whenever they like make a jump or they like survive like some crazy ass circumstances, yeah. and then like two minutes later they're all like fucking crying because it's like another situation where they're gonna die again, yeah. and then they make it through it again. I was like, these are pretty good like celebratory scenes they have here, and they're like all like mm-hmm. half of them are crying and shit, and then the next second they're all like fucking hugging
1: each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I mean I guess that's. I mean, I've never been in that situation, but I imagine it would feel the same way—like elation followed by dread for whatever the next obstacle would be. Yeah, and so the, the
0: thing, the way that like keeps the movie rolling because it's like really, it's a good pace to the to the film. Um, what mm-hmm. keeps it rolling is that you know it's like Keanu Reeves, uh, Jack. He gets on the bus, and throughout the movie, mm-hmm. he's like in contact with Dennis Hopper's character, um, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who's trying to blow up the bus and he you know he's like trying to make deals with him and he's trying to like say what the circumstances are because like some people on the bus get injured and he's like let me get one guy off the bus um and i just noticed what was funny every time so dennis hopper's character he so he was like a he was he was in like the lapd for like a decades or whatever and you get the idea mm-hmm. that he so one he was like on the bomb squad and you get the idea that he was like he lost his thumb he's missing a thumb on his left hand um so you get mm-hmm. the idea that he probably lost it in the line of duty or whatever. And um it was always funny cuz Jack is talking to him on the phone like on a cell phone the whole movie and he's always holding the cell phone with his right hand but he's holding the cell phone up to his like left ear for some reason the whole movie <laughs> this guy's like arm like crossed over his face Like, why don't you just put it on your your right ear the whole time i don't understand why he does mm. it the whole movie it looks like awkward every time he does it and i was thinking like maybe they did that for some sort of like lighting thing or whatever they could have just like changed that or like maybe he just thought like this is what you this i, I would ordinarily put it on my left ear if i could but you know I can't, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna use my my <laughs> right hand and put it on my left. ear. It's like what the fuck? It's weird. Um, I, I didn't even notice. He didn't that. notice that he <laughs> does it the whole movie. <laughs> no. he does it the whole movie. It's like you you can't unsee it now. Um, also, random ca- also? random cameo. So this movie came out in '94, and so there's a mm. cameo of a of a, a very f- not a very f- a, a, a '80s movie favorite, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Cameron. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off mm-hmm. is one of the people on the bus. Uh, who, he plays the tourist, which the actor's name I don't know who played Cameron, but Cameron from Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and basically yeah, he's a tourist and he's like kind of like a moron, basically. I guess that's what they're kind of going for. The whole, he's supposed to be like he's just a pushy tourist, He's supposed to be like kind of kind of a weirdo or whatever. Because like they get to the airport because they're trying to like circle the runway mm-hmm. or whatever, so the bus can stay above fifty. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "We're at the airport." And then Ortiz, the guy they call, like, um, Gigantor, <laughs> he's like, yeah, so? It's like, I've already
1: seen the airport.
0: <laughs> he, like, turns around. he's like, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Um,
1: I'm glad you brought up Gigantor. Um, because everyone just kind of calls him Gigantor. Mm-hmm. Even though he's like, my name's Ortiz. And they just, like, keep calling him Gigantor. <laughs> yeah. Except Annie. Annie always calls him Ortiz. Ortiz yeah. And it's not until um, Ortiz saves Jack when uh, he's under the bus trying to disable the bomb that he goes, gigantic. I mean, Ortiz. <laughs> like, <laughs> respect. Because he saved him. He finally, like, respects yeah. this specific passenger. Jack gives more respect to the guy who, like, tried to shoot him than he does to Ortiz, yeah. who, by all accounts, didn't cause any trouble up till that point. So,.
0: He tried to stop the I guy with the gun, which it seemed like Jack didn't want that. He was just going to like talk him down but then Ortiz like grabbed him, and then the bus driver gets oh, shot. That was
1: Ortiz um, maybe that's why yeah he's like, you fuck the yeah. whole situation.
0: <laughs> this is not protocol. You' don't try to take the gun. Um, mm. yeah, so uh, real, one more last thing on on Cameron. Uh, he says sure. so so the bus driver gets shot because you know there's a guy mm. on the bus. That thought that Keanu Reeves hopped on the bus to get him, not knowing that there mm-hmm. was a bomb on the bus, and that's why he was actually there. And Ortiz mm-hmm. grabs him. There's a struggle, and the gun goes off, and the bus driver gets shot in like the shoulder or whatever. And then it's like fuck, and all this it just adds another mm-hmm. level of tension to what's already going on because like there's the bomb on the bus, and there's a guy with a gun, and then the bus driver gets shot. And it's just like all this like tension mm-hmm. piling up, and um, so they have to get the driver off off of the bus cuz he's going to like bleed out or whatever. Dennis Hopper mm-hmm. agrees to let that happen. And and so there's like two ladies on the bus that are like taking care the bus driver's name is Sam. They're taking care of Sam like on one side of the bus. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts over to Cameron who's on the other side of the bus. I'm just going to keep calling him Cameron cuz mm-hmm. I don't know what his name was in the movie. Uh and the lady, one of the old ladies is like, she's like, "Uh, the police are here. Are they going to help us? And Cameron's like, sure they are. They're the police. And he's like, hey, they get a, one of us dies. They have to take a pay cut. And then it cuts right back over to Sam who just like fucking looks dead as shit. He just like coughs. (laughs) (laughs) And it cuts right back to Cameron. He's like, oh, well, you you know what I mean. And that's Cameron's like whole character. He's just like
1: kind of oblivious to what's happening
0: the whole movie basically. Or at least the series. So I think
1: that, that, that's a it's an example of why i think speed works whereas a bunch of other i hate to say high concept movies um because <laughs> it's not even like a high i, I what, what's the word i'm looking for like where it's like a a, a different concept to uh or, or it puts a spin like something that puts a spin on uh a concept that's not normally done like speed it's like it, it's zany, like, ma- making most of the movie on a bus. Like, that's not something you would normally see in an action yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. What, what's that word? I'm, I'm trying uh, to think. I, well, whatever.
0: so, well, so I, I'd say that the movie is is broken up into basically, like, three set pieces, essentially. Where, like, there's the elevator shaft thing, and then there's the bus, and then there's the subway at the end. And so the meat of the movie is all in that set piece of, of just
1: the, that bus, basically, running down yeah. the highway but at, at I, L.A. Um, I can't think of the word, but um, back to the point is, I think that's why each character in this movie, uh, I mentioned earlier, they're on the same wavelength. It's like all the actors know exactly what type of movie they want Speed to be, so they're playing into these uh, archetypes, like Cameron, the, the, the... uh, the tourist who's a little pushy that is making these one-liners that are outside of the reality of the movie. We've already talked about like calling Ortiz Gigantor and Dennis Hopper saying nothing personal. It's like people wouldn't like verbalize these uh, these things in that situation, or at least I don't think they would. Uh, crazy situations make people say and do crazy. Yeah, things. and that's funny you mentioned that. But go ahead. It, it it all works. It all feels coherent, and it all feels like a. A world that's playing on the same rules, if that makes yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Because I think, because, uh, you know, the main character of the movie is Keanu Reeves, Jack Travis, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, Jack Travis is a loose cannon cop on the edge who doesn't play by the rules, like a whole fucking thing. It's like that,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. he's not like. Jeff Daniels' character is like, hey, Max says we sit. We yeah, he's like the straight man. And Jack's like, I don't like it. I don't it. play by the fucking like, I want to do something.
0: <laughs> and so it's that, but it's not like he's... I think Keanu Reeves is actually like likable in this movie because oftentimes when I see movies like this and it's always just like the fucking, you know, muscle-bound fucking dude or whatever who's the hero of the film, mm-hmm. they're always like kind of unlikable to me. But I think Keanu Reeves is pretty likable in, in this movie. And I think part of that comes from the, the whole movie. He has to like talk to so many he's like dealing with so many people it's not just like him mm-hmm. on his own with like a gun running around the city or whatever
1: um mm-hmm. like he does seem like he cares about every character he he comes into contact with like he'll he'll get what he wants out of each person he interacts with but he does it in almost as nice a way as possible and i say that even though the scene exists where he steals that dude's car right <laughs> and the dude's like this car isn't stolen and he pulls a gun on him and says it is it now, is now. <laughs> So I think they balance enough of those like really nice moments with Jack yeah with so the moments where he does have to be just a straight up asshole it like it, it it counterbalances it. You have more good than bad, so we forgive. The yeah,
0: bad. and that's why in the movie, in the scene where he's like trying, he goes under the bus to try to disarm the bomb, and then the thing he's mm-hmm. riding on falls apart. They all have to like pull him out, and they're all like worried about you know him getting in, and they pull him out, and he gets mm-hmm. out, and they're all like celebrating that sort of thing because they actually they care about him. They grow to care about him um, throughout mm-hmm. the movie, and you know that part happens maybe like midway through the movie. But as far as like the mm-hmm. time in the movie goes, that that have been like maybe like two hours of the time he'd been on the bus, uh, or so. Mm-hmm. Cause all of this, the plot of the movie of him, like getting to the bus and from then to where, uh, getting people off the bus, it's only like, it gives him like a three hour window when he tells him three hour window, it's like yeah. eight o'clock when he looks at his watch and he says, give me my money by like 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's all like real quick, which hence name speed. It's all, <laughs> it's all uh, a yeah, real yeah.
1: short time frame. Uh, a, lo- a lot, of the movie's happening in. Um, So, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the name of the movie speed, because I think it would be very easy to not have that sense of speed in the movie. Like there's movies that have single word titles where you're like, all right, that's the crux of the thing. And they don't do the thing that well, where I think speed absolutely has a sense of speed to it. Like all the, the, the action shots of the bus of the bus hitting crap. Um, the, the elevator scene in the subway, like you, you see the sense of momentum happening, not just with like the background and the physical pieces moving in, um, in the space, but like the, like you said, the plot, it's like, you go from one thing to the next thing. People are celebrating, because they did something good, and then they're immediately terrified less than two minutes later because the next thing is happening. Everything is just going, 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 that you don't have time, and you don't really want to sit and ponder. You just kind of are along for the ride. It it very much feels like a theme park, and I think that's what makes it very rewatchable. Yeah, Um, and I was thinking, so one of the, the
0: main sort of bits in the whole movie is that they're on the bus, and they're rolling down the highway, And then they find out that there's a gap in in the freeway, basically, and so they're going to have to do this like fifty foot jump from like one interchange to the next, basically. And the way that they Mm -hmm. find out that this is the case is that there's a there's basically like a truck pacing the the uh, bus the whole time, and Mm -hmm. uh, one of the police officers that's on there, he like he notices on the map, he's like this freeway isn't finished or whatever, and he calls back Mm -hmm. to the captain who's Mac played by Joe Morton of uh, Justice League fame, <laughs> infamy. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's looking at the map. He's like, it's on the map, but it's finished on the goddamn map. And then he's like, I guess they fell behind. <laughs> and then he's like, You're he's <laughs> like, fuck, you're fired. Everybody's fucking fired. was <laughs> like my favorite line of the whole movie.
1: Um, it just, in any other kind of movie, it wouldn't work. Yeah. But it works in speed. Like... There, there's like there's an undercurrent of the characters not treating the what's happening with the amount of seriousness that a situation normally would provide mm-hmm. but because they they've already established in the elevator scene they established Harry and Jack as like these wisecracker wisecracking dudes that will get the job done um mm-hmm. it really does set the tone that like we can do all this like serious stuff, quote unquote like people's lives are in danger, but we can have fun with this world like we, like we're, we're here to entertain you. we're not here to make you actually like scared yeah
0: yeah it's a, it's a cool it's a cool film. They, they try to they try to that's why I always find it interesting that the, it starts out with him just like stabbing the guy in the temple because nothing really that violent happens beyond that point in the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Except him getting literally
0: decapitated. decapitated. Yeah, yeah, at the very end. But that was kind of... That was, like, dark, and it wasn't, like, too, I think, v- like, graphic. Because, like, when he stabs this dude, he's, like, just, they show it, go into his freaking temple, and the blood coming down, mm-hmm. him, like, falling over,
1: and the cutting back is, like, nothing personal.
0: <laughs> it's, like, fucking Yeah, yeah, ass. the nothing...
1: See, the nothing personal, it really... I think it. that's how it starts. That's how the world begins. Yeah. Like, you stabbing a person in the head, and you're like, oh, man. And then he says, nothing personal. <laughs> like, that's what makes it, okay, this is the kind of movie. Like, it, it doesn't pretend to be not speed. Yeah. It doesn't pretend to be, like, a serious drama. Like, you know the good guys are going to win. Um, and I, I sound like a broken record, but that's what just—it just makes it so fun. I always, I'm just, I'm here. I'm here I always it.
0: found when I was a kid, um, I because I saw this movie when I was when I was a kid for the first time. I don't know how old I was, probably like eight or something. I don't know but um, mm. which they didn't show the dude getting stabbed in the temple scene uh on TV when they showed it back then yeah. but um i just always remember like the, the the score is not anything special but it's like it's it's kind of like the same thing the whole time goes like it's like that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's that like the whole time
1: it just it punches it just keeps like the score keeps it up man it's I I used Um, to, like, think about that whenever I was, like, playing with my toys and
0: shit when I was, like, a kid. It was, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It was, like, just got stuck in my head when I was, like, an eight-year-old or something. Um, One of the other notes I have here was, um, so, okay, one of the, basically the way they kind of, like, get out of the situation of the people trapped on the bus is that, like, they realize that they're being filmed the whole time. There's, like, a camera on Mm -hmm. the bus, And so the plan they have is they're going to, like, record themselves just being as still as they can and then, like, loop that for, like, a minute and then rebroadcast it from the bus to the... Dennis Harper, who's watching it, and I was, I was watching. I was yeah. like, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> Basically, they like they 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 filmed something on the bus and then they looped it and then they broadcasted it from the bus to Dennis Hopper. And I was like, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, uh, from just one video camera See, on a bus.
1: Uh, it goes back to kind of like what I was talking. We were talking about last week how like in sitcoms, like characters yeah. will will say the thing they need to do. To get it done. Yeah. So it's like you 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 create the problem. Oh, they're being they're being watched on a video recording, and then Mac is just immediately like, find the broadcast, and then the dude finds the broadcast in like five seconds. And he's, and he's pissed off too. Uh, he's like,
0: run it, run it. He's like yelling at the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's like,
1: record it. Run he's like, it's it. recording. And Fuck. then he, <laughs> and then he just does it. Like that whole scene is less than a minute. It feels like like. That's why. <laughs> but it just, it happens. It happens because it has yeah, to happen. you're right. You don't have to stop and think about like, what is this how it works? I mean, you, you can, you can think about that. Yeah. But in the context of the movie, you're already on to the next thing. So you're like, all right, they, they did it. They recorded it. They're going to try this plan. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah,
0: that was funny because that scene that all that scene always stands out to me because Mac is like because he's talking to like a, a a cameraman or something from a news station that's like mm-hmm. on the sidelines. It's <laughs> just like and yeah, he just points he at runs them. over to him, he's like you <laughs> find the broadcast coming off of that fucking <laughs> that bus and like the whole movie like Mac is like it's funny because Mac is like is like Jack's cheerleader the whole fucking movie like when he gets from underneath yeah. the bus he's like how many lives you got man like gives him a thumbs up from the fucking truck that's pacing them. And then he's like yelling at everybody else in the movie. He's like, fuck, you're all fired. Find the broadcast. Yeah. What the fuck's going that on? That is
1: a good point. Yeah. He's got that little, that little soft spot for yeah. Jack, boy. He's,
0: he's his number one. He's his number one dude, I guess. Um, Man. Yeah. So, and then, you know, then we get to like the end of the movie and they're in another speed situation where they're trapped on a subway train. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's more speed that happens later. And I did
0: not think about this until I watched it again last night where like, so... Annie is handcuffed to like a rail and Jack yeah. doesn't have a key mm-hmm. and he can't uh, do an emergency stop on the subway. And right. so the, f- the danger there is that they're going to like crash, I guess, and mm-hmm. uh, die, right? And so his plan mm-hmm. is to speed up... The subway train even more so that it could like jump the track, mm-hmm. which, like, isn't that what was going to happen mm-hmm. anyway? Whatever. But I, what I didn't know, what I didn't never thought about till last night was like, if he could speed up the tr- the subway train, why couldn't he slow it down? He just hit the emergency stop button, and it didn't work. But he like grabs a little accelerator, just like pushes it forward. Like, why don't you just push it backwards? <laughs> It'll stop. The I stop
1: always the- thought that the track's not finished, it was just like a fucking wall. Like they would just smack into a wall. That's what I imagine. So if he jumped the track, I was thinking maybe they would. Oh, like I see what you're saying. Skid off. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they wouldn't hit it like head. I got on you. And for sure. Die. Okay. Okay.
0: I got you. I got you. So that's what. So that's interesting because. Um,
1: but how could anyone have known any of that? I mean, it's. Hey, we need to stop the the train. Jack has an idea. Jack does and they idea. And they, they
0: try to they try to illustrate what's about to happen to everybody because there's a, there's a little diagram of the the train line that's like on the subway. That's what mm-hmm. he looks at to like and they like there's a little quick shot of like it doing a little curve, and then there's a little block. Mm-hmm. So I guess what, yeah, what was going to happen was they were just like hit a wall. Um, Th- that's how okay. I took it. I got you. I was like, why don't you just slow down or something? Oh, anyway. uh, maybe
1: they Because this I movie mean, is called Speed.
0: That's why. <laughs> we don't slow down.
1: Honestly, I think that's the answer to the question. Because right. the movie is called That's a speed. funny answer.
0: Let's go with that one.
1: <laughs> so what's your favorite scene in this movie? What is my favorite? What, what's my favorite speed? What's your favorite speed? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Let me, let me look at my notes real quick.
0: Well, while you're looking, my favorite is... Oh, I guess I kind of already said it. I just just really love that
1: line where Mac is just like, fuck,
0: you're fired. Everybody's fucking
1: fired. I do love that. Honestly, my favorite scene is probably the the most uh, iconic shot from the movie, and it is the bus jumping the 50-foot gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Okay, so I, I mentioned that this whole world, like it builds its own rules and suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. This scene is like the make or break. <laughs> it, it's like it is so over the top ridiculous mm-hmm. that it, it, you can be enjoying the movie up to that point, but that scene is just, it, it pushes you. It's like how how along for this ride <laughs> how, how far are, you? are we going in this field? what other crazy things are gonna happen like how much are you willing to suspend disbelief and uh, I think that's the scene that like tests it yeah. and for me it just absolutely works because you see the whole front of the the bus,
0: just it pops yeah up. it like it's like it hit a ramp that was invisible because it's yeah. like the, the front end is tilted <laughs> it's like okay i've
1: watched uh behind the scenes stuff on it before that's actually how they did it they had like a ramp that they uh they did because yeah, it looks, it looks but practical like, like they actually did some type of
0: jump with the bus
1: yeah but they you, they edited out the ramp obviously yeah. but like it just the bus <laughs> just like hoists itself into the air and i love It it gets, the style of editing gets shit on uh, a lot, but, like, when you edit, like, a bunch of shots, like, different shots around the same event to, like, prolong the uh, time that it's happening, and the bus is in the air for something like 13 seconds. It's, (laughs) it's like, slightly in slow
0: motion, like, a little bit of slow motion's in there.
1: Yeah, and... But for some reason it just works for me. Yeah. It's just like everyone's like holding their breath, like, will they make it? Imagine if they didn't. Imagine if they just like plummeted plung, into the ground up. and the and that's the end Speed. of the movie. <laughs> Directed by uh, DuPont. What What is his name? Was. Yeah. Um It's I love that scene, man. It's to me, it's where it, it it goes from a movie that like I really enjoy to a movie that I love. Yeah. It's cause they, they looked at that. We're like, how are we gonna and not even what what is this plot point gonna be it's like oh 50 foot gap but like how they executed it and put it in the movie it's it it makes the whole thing it buttons up the the entire yeah, experience that's for me. good
0: I, I think now I think now that I think about it there's one scene that I thought I think is like the m- most well shot scene in the mo- in the movie it's near the beginning mm-hmm. um so uh, Jack goes to this like cafe uh, seemingly every morning to get you know like a bagel or whatever. Uh, and he knows mm-hmm. a bus driver that stops there every time, every day too. And mm-hmm. uh, the bus driver leaves and Jack goes and he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. The bus driver gets on the bus, starts driving away. And it's just this one shot, like a uh, pan around where you see the, the mm-hmm. bus drive off and you see Jack uh, getting his keys to get into his, like, I think he's driving like a Bronco or something. Uh, and yeah. you see the bus just explode in the background. And then you see Jack, like, run over to the bus. And there's, like, no music during any of this. It's, like, completely just, like, silent. Just, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the sound of the fire and the, and the explosion. And Jack just, like, running down the road. And I thought that was, like, a really cool shot of him just, like, running over. And he's trying to, like, see if he can save the guy. But it's mm-hmm. obviously, like, too late. Um, yeah, the whole bus is literally on fire. Yeah. And so I, th- I thought that was cool. That was a cool shot they did. And that, that was a cool... Uh, I, I like that they just cut out all the music to, like, bring, like, maybe some gravity to what's, like, happening there. Um mm-hmm. and you do get a sense of that, you know, he does he he's a, he's a friendly guy and he cares about mm-hmm. you know people in the community and stuff. So I think that's the first little scene. Now that scene. you
1: mention it, that scene does add that little bit of like that weight to the stakes. Mm-hmm. So I I mean I've been saying for the past thirty minutes that oh, you just know the good guys are gonna win and it's like it doesn't have any weight to it. But I think that scene actually does because specifically there's no score and then you know people are on that bus, and it's just fire. It's like... And it's like... I'm sure they had stuntmen do some of the shots, but like you can see Keanu Reeves' face like up next to the fire, and then Dennis Hopper calls, and he's like, I'm not fucking around. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Am I going to see, like, another bus explode? This is exciting. I want to keep watching this movie. And, you know,
0: speaking of that, one of the other things I was thinking of, I didn't make a note about this, but I just thought about it. So, you know, this was 94, and, you know, we're right off the heels mm-hmm. of of the whole, like, you know, action hero era, and there, there was this, like, sort of thing where it's like, oh, the lead guy has got to, like, do his own stunts and that sort of thing, and... Like, the mm-hmm. lead actor actually has to seem like he's as badass as his character <laughs> is, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was curious uh, if, like, you know, Keanu Reeves had to deal with any of that sort of, like, image pressure when it came to, like, all the stuff. Because, you know, he does lots of stunts in the movie. There's, like, mm-hmm. from the very beginning, you know, he's, like, climbing down this rope in the elevator shaft thing. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, he, like, goes underneath the bus to try to disarm the thing. And... Uh, mm-hmm. and then you know he's like on top of a fucking subway train at the end. He's like doing all this sort of like shit. He's getting into fights. Um he's jumping from he jumped from the moving car onto the bus for crying out loud. And I was just curious yeah. if that was like a I wonder how much of that like go like went into like writing films like this, you know? Cuz like I said mm-hmm. it's, it's driven by, you know, Jack Travis is a loose cannon. Like the whole thing it's driven by that kind of from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so the audience is supposed to, you know, like this guy, at least root for him, if not like him, yeah, um, over whoever the antagonist is. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I just say this again, I think they did, a, I think they did a good job because a lot of times when I watch movies like this, I kind of often like root mm-hmm. for the bad guy because like I, I like his character more. He just seems like more than this guy running around the city with a gun yeah. or whatever. It's like I, I I I if 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 I'm rooting for like the bad guy to win, <laughs> that means I don't like the protagonist of the movie. Yeah. That's not the case in this movie for sure.
1: No, that's an it's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about it. Is a lot of these guys in big action movies around that era were like um, like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and like big fucking guys that had big old muscles. And Jack isn't really a big guy. He's just like. Maybe that's why we like him a bit more, because we can relate a bit more to him, because he looks more like, more looks like like every man. He doesn't take
0: steroids, I think, is the, he doesn't look like he takes steroids anyway. Uh, So, I like that, maybe that adds to his likability. Yeah, so, so I guess lastly, um, so, Sandra Bullock and uh, Keanu Reeves apparently uh, had crushes on each other. While on the set of this movie, but they never expressed that to each other. Uh, And it came out. So, like, there was. So, Sandra Bullock did a. It was on Ellen, and she talked about it where she was like into him, but he never like reciprocated or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves was on Ellen's show like a few weeks later, and he was like, Well, I actually had a crush on her too. Um, Aww. And, uh, but they never like sort of did anything. So, I guess that uh, the chemistry you see there is uh, there's something going on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, but uh, that that was interesting because um, at that I- I'd only ever seen Sandra Bullock in like three movies. There's like three big movies she was in in the '90s. It was like Speed, Demolition Man, and like Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I guess in Speed, see, It's see, that's interesting because her character throughout this whole movie is like she basically is she's not really. The quote-unquote love interest, I'd say, like she likes Jack, but a lot of her role the whole movie is she's she's kind of she's basically like the human on the bus that he communicates yeah. to all of the she, time. She
1: she is the she's the advocate for um humanity. The, like the like Jack, you know, cares about people. He wants to get the job done, but uh, I think Annie really kind of grounds him a bit more. Be like, look look at these people. These are scared people. Like like address the people here that you're trying to save. Like, don't just try to get the job done.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and she brings him, she brings him back when like, you know, cause Jack, is, you know, he's on a team, you know, with Harry, but then after Harry is killed, mm-hmm. he's like freaking out and she tries to like draw him back in. It's like, we really, we really need you right now. And by the way, <laughs> I always found this funny, you know, he's pissed off cause Harry, cause Harry's dead. And and he's mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I really need you. I can't do this by myself. And da da da. Then he's he he physically seems to be like calming down a bit. And he's like silent for a second. Mm-hmm. He has his head down, and then he like smiles and does a little laugh. He's like, we're gonna die. <laughs> I was like, that's not the first <laughs> thing you should say after freaking out like that. Um, I found that like so funny. Um, but he, he gets it together. Sweet. He gets it together and saves the day, and then they end up together. And then there was there was a sequel,
1: Speed Two's uh, Cruise Control, which I have never seen and uh, probably never. I will. started
0: watching it uh, like years ago. Keanu Reeves didn't come back, but Sandra Bullock came back, mm-hmm. and I think the the bad guy in that movie is like Willem Dafoe or something. But uh, that one's not mm-hmm. worth your time. Just let's all pretend like nah. only there was
1: only one Speed. <laughs> I do like the name. Speed two cruise, cruise control. control.
0: You know they're gonna make like a third. They probably already have made one of those like bootleg third ones. But they're probably gonna yeah. bring Keanu Reeves because we're in the the what's it called the the Keanu Reevesence right now, right? He's in fucking everything right now with the whole like the Rivanasance. is called yeah. The, he's in like. John I, Wick is that the name? I just kind of something like that. Said that. No, it's something like that. He's in a lot of shit right now.
1: <laughs> the point. I, I'm all for forcing puns and people's names into puns because he,
0: he's like, got John Wick shit. He's coming back for the Matrix. He was in Cyberpunk. You know, he's, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of shit going on. He was in some like romantic comedy on Netflix with Ali Wong. Um. So yeah,
1: he's doing. He's he's getting stuff done. Matrix Four later this yeah. year. So it should be, should cool. be pretty cool. So, so yeah so check
0: out Speed never seen it um, if you have seen it check it out anyway go watch it again awesome. It
1: awesome it definitely holds
0: up uh, right now it's on HBO Max um, that's how we watched it um, and you can also we saw you can actually like stream live so if you and your friends have like a HBO Max account uh, you can like broadcast you guys can watch it in sync uh, it's pretty cool so yeah, yeah. Speed 1994 alright yeah.
1: Crack Up by Fleet crack Foxes up by the Fleet Foxes 2017 yes that's
0: right Teen. so Ha-ha. Fleet Fox, this is their third album that came out um, so in case you don't mm. know Fleet Foxes is is basically this like one guy his name is Robin Pecknold uh, who he writes all the songs and comes up with it's basically his vision is what the album ends up being and he writes a lot of songs like on mm-hmm. his own uh, and then he has then he you know hires other people on and there's then he has there's then there's touring members of fleet foxes basically um and so each album actually kind of, kind of has different personnel basically but it's it's him kind of all the way through and uh he made this album after taking a really long hiatus actually uh fleet fox's first two albums mm-hmm. came out in
1: 2008 and 2011 respectively uh, so this was not in a sense a comeback album, but just a, a long hiatus album where they had to, he had to kind of figure his own shit. Right. out. That's right, and that's that is,
0: is that an appropriate yeah. take? Yeah, and that is what's kind of reflected on this album because the, um, basically their previous album, Helplessness Blues, came out, and then they were on tour with that album for like a year and a half, two years, and um, mm-hmm. he felt kind of burned out, and he was also really depressed. Uh, and then about maybe like a year Mm. passed and he decided to, um, go to, he wanted to go to college. Um, and, uh, I can't remember or not if he had even like graduated, uh, high school or not at the time, but he got his GED and then he applied to go to Columbia and he got into Columbia. Uh, I think he was like an English, Mm -hmm. English major. Um, and he went to Columbia for like three and a half years or something like that. And he, te- took like to, to mm-hmm. day he still hasn't graduated. He still has like a couple of credits. Mm-hmm. He still needs to get his degree. Um, but he started working on crack up um, right, mm-hmm. before he, uh, uh, right before he right before he started school a little bit. Just look with some of the concepts for the ideas, but he didn't start actually recording mm-hmm. any of it or anything like that until after he had left school.
1: Um, so Christian, I'll put my cards on the table here. Mm-hmm. About... Uh, a year ago, I I listened to Fleet Fox's first album, mm-hmm. and I really didn't like yeah. it. <laughs> so when you suggested... You're like, <laughs> oh, no, please. To, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's making me listen to something I don't want to listen to. No. It was, it was more of like... A, um, I didn't really know what to anticipate with their sound because I'd never really listened to them before yeah. and I just was not in the mood for that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you suggested this, I was like, okay, this is a good excuse for me personally to to revisit this band yeah. and um, be, have to, uh, you know, listen to it a little closer than I would just in a passive kind of way. I, like, we're doing this show just because we, we like to talk about things and dive into... Things out of our comfort zone a little bit more, plus speed, you know. But um, yeah, so
0: so what? What did you? I was excited to to do. So what did you uh, expect uh, for this album? To that's one of the questions I actually wanted to ask you. um, Coming into this, was like, what is it that you expected um, maybe to hear that, uh, or like, what was surprised you that you did hear
1: um, from this album? So I'll 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 answer those two questions. What I expected to hear was more Mumford and Sons. Mm -hmm. Which I don't particularly like. Yeah. I don't dislike. It just it, it seemed I mean Mumford and Sons just doesn't do do it for mm-hmm. me. It, it feels very uh like an act. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't feel super authentic to me. Granted, I haven't really done like a deep listening to their music, mm-hmm. so we may be getting a lot of angry emails <laughs> at our at our email. Uh-huh. Address, Fantastic podcast at gmail.com. If if you have an album by Mumford and Sons I should listen to or you disagree with that point then I'm happy to listen to it but I was expect expecting something uh folk pop yeah is what I was but uh what I got was something way different mm-hmm. it it felt very um lonely yeah like it felt very much like like this dude is like at a beach and he's just like like thinking, like I'm just hearing this dude's inner thoughts, um, just come out in this like kind of nighttime at a beach. I mean, he talks about the sea a lot, so that's probably why I pictured a beach. Yeah. Um. It it, it felt very like I I mentioned uh, to you before this that it felt kind of like a confession. Mm-hmm. Like he does deal with some religious themes on the album, but it almost felt like. Uh, like, he was in a confessional with, like, some unseen second person who was listening to um, him, g- like, grieving. and not, not necessarily, gr- well, yeah, grieving friendships and stuff, but also, like, the sins he, he has felt he has committed. Yeah. Um, so, that's what I got. And then the sound of it, it did take me a second to warm up to the actual sound mm-hmm. uh, because it's very, uh, there's a lot, a lot of melancholy throughout it. Uh, there are those those peppier bits, but I, I almost felt like it worked better. Um, sorry. I enjoyed the parts that were a bit slower, um, and I enjoyed those more because when the popular upbeat parts came in, it reinforced me liking the slower parts, yeah. so it's it's good. I, I like the back and forth of it. Yeah. Um, so as a, as a newcomer, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, and we can talk about their lyrics in a bit, mm-hmm. but... Um, So you, you, you've obviously listened to this album a A lot lot of times beforehand. What is something you, why, why did you keep listening to it before? It's my first question is like, what brought you to it there? And then what's the, a new thing, um, the first new thing you kind of discovered on listening to it, like for this project?
0: Uh, so yeah, so, um, I, so I should probably speak that I, I was a Fleet Foxes fan, prior to this album coming out. And uh, so you were hyped for it. Uh, yeah. And I was, and I was um, accustomed to the sound of their first two albums. Uh, their, mm-hmm. the, their first album, Fleet Foxes and second album helplessness blues. Um, and it was, and they Fleet Foxes had got a reputation for being, and this is the way Robin Pecknell's kind of put it, like because their first album came out in 2008 he, the way he sees mm-hmm. it their 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 album and their band was kind of tied to that like obama era of like hopey changey positive uplifting sort of like sound um mm-hmm. and in writing this album uh you know it, we were heading into the trump era and they even toured it during mm-hmm. the trump era and he was he was saying this, like he didn't really know if this was really like the vibe anymore but when it came to you know, making the album, he was he was a bit he was depressed when he when he was writing a lot of this music, and when mm-hmm. I was listening to this, I was also in a pretty uh, depressed place in my life. Uh, things that mm-hmm. happened with family and things like that. Um, and uh, one of the things that I did as like a therapeutic thing was I started just to run every day, and mm-hmm. um, I I listened to this album every single day that I would run. Um, mm-hmm. Because I thought the, the opening track, it, it had a good like sort of pace to it, um, for mm-hmm. running at least. And then I just listened to the rest of it. But uh, I found out later that um, Robin came up with that first opening track while he was running. Ah. He was running. He lived in New York City at the time, he still lives there. Mm-hmm. He lived in New York City and he was running by a train and he heard that sound of going chin. ch 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 He was trying to like pace it. And so one day mm-hmm. he came back out and he took his phone and he recorded that sound of the of the train going, and he mm-hmm. recreated he tried to recreate that sound with like drums and so and, and the guitar and that's how the song when it when it cuts out of uh, I'm All That I Need into Arroyo Seco about a minute into the mm-hmm. track it goes like, and it's supposed to be that supposed to be that sort of pace supposed to be that sort of like pace of the song and so I always like connected that now I always connect that back to. Just running, and it, it really this album really reminds me of that of that time of getting through things in that way. And it's interesting that you say that you know he sounds lonely, and that's essentially kind mm-hmm. of the point of the of the album. Well, is it th- comes across is that he's supposed to that he is he was lonely. A lot a lot of the songs are about that, um, namely mm-hmm. namely like the opening track and the song called uh, Mayor Scapa. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, the album is about realizing all of realizing that being alone is not a, a good for you, basically. Understanding that that's, that can mm-hmm. put you in a really depressive state and that you need people. You need to be, have a connection to humanity, basically. That's what the whole album yeah. is, is, is essentially um, uh, about. And so yeah, the, I connected to that, that humanity uh, of the album a lot, which is why I like it.
1: Yeah, that uh, the fifth track, 3rd of May, um, it's got that opening line. Let's see if I can... Pull it up real quick. Um, light ended the night, but the song remained. Yeah. Um, how? Uh, and then I'm actually I'm looking on Genius lyrics right now, mm-hmm. where people can like annotate stuff. Yeah. And he actually annotated his own song, like on the website. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned to me he's like kind of a a, a private ish person, and he disappeared for a while and didn't like. He, come back until he had he, something to show for yeah. it. But the, he like went on this website and like <laughs> provided context to everything. Yeah. Um but uh yeah so this line it's about um how people are having so much fun he was having so much fun like playing music with people like through the like through the night. Light ended the night. Mm-hmm. So like it's sun but like the song's still going. We're still hanging out and partying. So uh, I definitely I get that. Uh, that comes across at, at multiple points in uh, in the album where it's like, you need people, even though it hurts sometimes and you have to split apart. Sometimes you need people. Yeah. He was, he, he's spoken a lot about
0: the sort of contrarian uh, nature that he had for a very long time where it's like, you know, he didn't go to college. Um, he's like, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to start a band. And then he was like, then he gave up the whole band thing. I'm not going to be in a band. I'm going to go to college. <laughs> uh, Mm-hmm. And, um, in that time when he was like, he basically kind of like gave up the life of being a, you know, rock star. He, um, folk, a folk, a folk indie folk star. He, um, he did spend a lot of time alone and he, but he liked to travel a lot. So he kind of traveled mm-hmm. just all around the world, just alone. And while he was alone, he wrote a lot of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what the song Mayor Skapa" is basically about. Mayor Skapa" means like border dweller in some language. And, uh, it's, it's Mm -hmm. from, it's apparently it's from Beowulf. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. a reference to, uh, uh, what's his name? Grindel. Uh, Grindel Mm -hmm. is supposed to be Mayor Scapa, but uh, basically he's, he's talking about how it's like, what is the point of me like doing all these travels by myself if I'm not doing anything that's like really connecting to, um, people basically, Mm -hmm. um, was the point he was trying to, to, to arrive at, um, and so, yeah, so it was. It was. Uh, this. This. This was a departure in spirit and in uh, sound uh, for Fleet mm-hmm. Foxes. It's very noticeable, and he wanted it to be that way. With starting mm-hmm. the album out with this kind of like mumble folk thing,
1: where he's just like, "I'm all that." I. He's like mumble folk. Yeah. Oh man, he's, he's is that a genre? Because I know mumble <laughs> raps a genre that is that people don't like. Uh, is mumble folk? Is that the new? I thing? I don't think it's actually a thing,
0: <laughs> but maybe, maybe he's <laughs> the only person to try it. Um, but you know, he he, and even I, like I said, you know, I was a fan of the other two albums, and I listened to him a billion mm-hmm. times before this album came yeah. out. When I first heard this album, I was like, "What? This is this was bizarre." Yeah. I thought it was very bizarre yeah. when I first listened to it, and I was mm-hmm. not expecting it to sound anything like it did. It
1: does. Yeah. Um And so, what's one of the new things that you. Uh, what you picked up on this time? What makes this time different for for this week? Um,
0: well, uh, this time I, I think I just spent a little more time uh, trying to dive into some of the lyrics uh, because you know I, I know this mm-hmm. I know all the lyrics of to the, to the album, but I wasn't super uh, knowledgeable in the meaning of every single lyric. I guess in on the album. Oh, are
1: you a real fan, then? <laughs>
0: do you even lift? whatever. Uh,
1: do, you, do you even like <laughs> Fleet Foxes? Um, Anyways.
0: Specifically on the song Kept Woman it was one of the ones I was looking at uh mm-hmm. in more detail. Beautiful song and I was trying to figure out mm-hmm. more of like the meaning. I know some other people's takes on what the lyrics mean, but I did a little research and um after trying to like digest it myself and it, it basically it's kinda it's supposed to be really ambiguous. He's he's apparently he's just talking about mm-hmm. like a, a friend of his who moved into a ho- a house that he previously owned and she lived there uh, alone. Um And he he was kind of like reflecting on just conversations that that they had had about, you know, Mm -hmm. the world and sexism and stuff like that. And so it's supposed to be kind of like a vague sort of take on on like uh, women and how they're treated in society, basically. Um, Nothing too Mm -hmm. specific. Uh, And so that's one of the things I focused on. But that's actually focusing on the lyrics more is something that I have become a bigger fan of when it comes to Fleet Foxes, Mm -hmm. because their Fleet Foxes is like main drawl I would say is that they're heavily influenced by uh, the Beach Boys and so they're very into mm-hmm. harmonies they have like they're harmony crazy like every track's got like a billion you know uh, harmonic vocals mm-hmm. and things like that and um, there's a song on the album called Cassius it's the set second track on the album um, mm-hmm. that I uh, that's the song that like really made me like more like dial up my fandom of Fleet Foxes because that mm-hmm. song, he's talking about basically police officers and white people in America acting mm-hmm. as if there's no like social racial injustice in America, and mm-hmm. he he makes references to like him going to protests for police brutality and mm-hmm. um, the killing of Alton Sterling and then his family that's left uh, behind, mm-hmm. and the, the title of the song is inspired by. Cassius Clay, who's uh, the government birth name of Muhammad Ali, and he Mm -hmm. viewed Muhammad Ali as a hero of his, and at the time that he wrote this song was around the time that Muhammad Ali died, and he felt Mm -hmm. that um, there were fewer and fewer uh, heroes of his still alive, and he was Mm -hmm. desperately looking for someone else to look up to, basically, so he's like, who's gonna fill this plate, who's gonna fill that space, who's gonna Mm -hmm. fill this void, this like huge void from this person who is who's who very influential to him and, uh, and other people around the world, and so that's that's, that's a mm-hmm. lot of layers of things in, in lyrics, uh, which I again mm-hmm. did not expect to hear in a Fleet Foxes album um, when I first
1: was kind of into it. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, the two songs that sit around uh, the song. I really one of the songs I really enjoyed, which is the third one, which is I can't N- say ads and Cassidy's. <laughs>
0: Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I had to look up how to pronounce it, too. He's only, I was like, what the hell are these? I don't even know what this means.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those words on this album yeah. where
0: I'm like... What is this? I'm like... Mayor Scott Hera, Arroyo Seco. What does is, what is all this mean? Dude,
1: yeah. So at work... I'm a nurse, by the way, if Everyone listening. That's my, my, my day job. Yeah. Uh, and there are people that come in that I do not know how to pronounce their names. So I usually just let them pronounce their names for I'm me. I'm going to call you Bob. Because <laughs> <laughs> like the worst thing is you come in, and you're like, hey, nice to meet you, Daniel. And they're like, it's Daniela. And I'm like, you oh, fucking asshole. Now you already hate me. I'm sorry. So now I just let people say their own names. So now, yeah, that's kind of just bled into other parts of my life where I look at a word and I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just like, it'll... Something will tell me the correct way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna yeah, try. I, just came, but anyways, I came right in there. I figured you'd be like,
0: what is this? How you pronounce this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was ready. You see, you can even I tell I was ready for it. I was like, <laughs> um man, this song is just so sad. Yeah. Like it's it's it it, it it's sad because of like um man, that that line, uh like the last line of the song, what older voice said kiss it about like holding out a ring to kiss like, man, because you can just extrapolate so much stuff from that. Like the way religions kind of like Kings would, would, would get, um, um, people to like pledge loyalty to them. Um, like the papal ring is, this is also one of the songs that like he annotated himself on it. And he's like, yeah, there's all this stuff that like, I don't like, um, yeah women being um subservient to uh their to men specifically and the fact that it's like older uh voice it's like it's someone in a position of power over the person being asked to kiss it yeah and it's just so creepy and so frustrating and a lot of like you said the lyrics the in this album a lot of them are referencing um things specifically, but the way he's presenting it, it's more ambiguous yeah. in its presentation. But this is one of those lines that's like very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And it, it, actually, it's the reverse. Sorry. So he, uh, he would present things uh, ambiguously for specific events, but this is presented straight for ambiguous events. Like it, it has multiple meanings. So that that's, it struck me. That line struck yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Is the short version of what That's, I, was trying to I
0: mean, say. I mean, I'd say one of the greatest things that speaks to me these days about Fleet Foxes is that um, this album marked a clear turn in like commentating on social issues, um, racial issues, gender issues, all types of things like that. Um, whereas mm-hmm. before, it's not like they were you know unaware of these sorts of things. Their previous album, which had come out six years prior, was a. Uh, it was a reflection on um, his state as like an early 20s man, basically, and yeah. like kind of dealing with this newfound fame and coming from this place mm-hmm. where uh, there were lots of kind of like legends in music and things like that. He's from Seattle. And yeah. um, it was it was all very it was personal, it was very personal music. This is personal, too, but this was he's now this this like turned the page for him, like looking outwards. And then, like, showing mm-hmm. what that ma- means to him, basically. Um, and I-, I found that to be great because I, you know, I listen to a good amount of music. And, um, you know, it. I don't it, know. Tell me, Christian. It, in, in recent years, you know, I think it's definitely become maybe more popular or accepted to be vocal about social issues and things like that. It is. Um, and. Whereas maybe before it was like kind of taboo. Like, I don't want politics in my music or whatever the fuck. It's like, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. as if that was like a new (laughs) thing. Uh, (laughs) You've never heard of like Rage Against the Machine or never heard of like, you know, NWA, anything like that. But, um, uh, to, to, to hear that in like a folk indie folk album, like track after track, after track, after track, I was like, that's, that's endearing. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. And I appreciate that he Mm -hmm. uses his platform and voice for things like that. Um,
1: yeah, me too. It's, uh, uh, you know, people sometimes want to hide their feelings for fear of pissing people off. Uh, you know, everyone wants to be liked, and sometimes expressing political opinion makes people dislike you. So it's pretty cool that he's like, ah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say what, what I need to say. That's uh, I, That was one of the things that struck me about listening to the whole album, like, front to back, is, like, none of it feels like things he wants to do it, it feels like it's coming out. Like this is like everything he's kind of bottled up for what you said, six years between albums. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's all things that need to be that are like, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not a, it's not a question of, um, if it's a question of when Yeah. for like all these, all these motions. Yeah. So what would you say, um, so shifting
0: gears here, um away from like lyrical content. Uh how about um so musically, um obviously like we said, so this is a folk album. Um lots of instrumentation, like a billion friggin' mm-hmm. instruments are on this album. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and um and what what what's something that uh kind of stood out to you uh in in this album as far as like instrumentation or or any sort of uh, Influences you think you may have heard throughout the album or anything
1: like that, man. Just all those freaking harmonies. It's like yeah. endless harmonies. Yeah, like you would listen to, um, like you know when it comes on like full blast, like all these harmonies, and you can I could pick out like a new sound each time. Uh, and of course, I, I love loved and love and listened to the Beach Boys growing yeah. up. So, uh, I, you know, got that sound in my head. So hearing something like akin to that, uh, in, in this environment, like you said, an indie folk album, uh, it was pretty cool just to hear those layers upon layers. Um, that's my Is it, Is it, uh, <laughs> is it Brian Wilson? Is that right? Um, Brian, Brian Wilson, Wilson. Yeah. He is the, so he, if there was one beach boy, it's, it's, it's him.
0: So Brian Wilson, um, so he's, so Brian Peck was a huge fan of the beach boys, and, um, it, I can when tell. he was, see, this Robin actually started out as a, as a, uh, he just sang, he was in like musicals and stuff as a kid and mm-hmm. in high school and stuff, um, uh, middle school. And then, then he like learned guitar basically. So he was kind of, he's like a singer first and then he learned guitar, um, and mm-hmm. then other instruments like bass and stuff like that. But, um, he's, he, he, he likes to say sometimes that like, to remind people that he talks to or even himself that like the number one instrument you have is your voice basically. Um, If you don't have anything else, you can at least sing basically. Um, And so he tries to treat his voice as like another instrument basically. And so, Mm -hmm. and so he loves putting lots of vocal melodies and harmonies and, and and, in the writing process or he'll like write something on, you know, piano or guitar or whatever. And then like, okay, I'm actually going to sing this bit. Uh, instead of playing it on the guitar. And uh, so so mm-hmm. Harmony was like a big draw. And so when you... And maybe on like the first two albums, you if you ever go back and listen to those, you can hear his voice is there, but also other people's voices in, in making harmonies. And they play into that a lot mm-hmm. when they play live. But for this album, and even their follow-up album, you know, a lot of the lead vocals and harmonies are just him, himself, mm-hmm. um singing. And... Um, that's kind of a, that's pretty a huge characteristic, I would say, uh, of their music. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, of course you, 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 you pick up on, on that. Um, yes. I'd say, um, so a, n- a new thing in this album that they hadn't really done before, or hadn't been done too much in, in, in folk, I guess, before was a lot of, he uses a lot of sampling actually in this album. Mm-hmm. One of the samples he actually uses is a cover of a song he wrote that was performed by this like youth choir. Um, uh, I forgot which hmm. song. It was a song that was on the, their first album. They he saw like a YouTube video or something of this choir like performing the song, and he put that mm-hmm. at the very end of the opening track. That's a sort of hmm. like choir you hear in the background. So he tried to like add those things. And he actually made a, a playlist mm-hmm. and he put it up on Spotify of like all of the songs that influenced this album. It's a really long playlist, mm-hmm. and it's ones that include the samples and and every sort of thing. And it's a pretty wide range of influences. I'll, I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. Everything from like you know, uh, you know Rosalia to to Curtis Mayfield to like all, all types of stuff, um, and so he's a, he's just a big fan of music, and so he tried to put all of that into an album. And the intention for this album yeah. was that it's supposed to be like a, it's supposed to be very is more experimental, less straightforward, really dramatic shifts in uh, in um, feeling and, and tone.
1: Yeah, speaking of the, the drama, uh, when I looked up the lyrics, the first song especially had like stage directions. Oh, really? Um, is that uh, something that this website just did, or is that like an official...
0: Uh, um... I don't recall that being like official thing.
1: Um... So uh, I'll give you an example uh, real quick. I'll pull up the first... Where's the first track? Okay. So, oh 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 oh, uh, I know. What you're it talk- says intro, sixth floor alone. Sixth floor alone. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking and about. And then the band kicks the loner off the stage into the city, like it's giving like cues for his story. Um, yeah.
0: So you'll hear. So actually, yeah. So that's part of the. That's part of the. Actually, the the sampling sort of not sampling of like other tracks, mm-hmm. but you'll hear if you're paying close attention, you'll hear uh, recordings of him either just like in a studio alone like humming something or walking up some stairs mm-hmm. or closing a door and things like that. Those were like added kind of throughout the album. And that's actually how the, um, mm-hmm. the album ends, I believe. Uh, it plays like the last note and then you hear him like close the piano thing. You hear him like walk down some stairs mm-hmm. and then like you hear like a door close and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, part of, it's part of that. He wanted to create like sort of like a sense of, uh, we're actually in here working on things and give you that sense of like yeah. him being a- alone so much. Because he wrote so much of it just by himself, but then obviously, you know, the recording process, uh, you know, requires uh, more people to kind of be around. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, good, good uh, catch there. Um, so they, that's something that they that they had not done before that they wanted to try. He w- basically the idea that he really had for this, this album was actually inspired. Another thing that he was inspired by was Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," um, mm-hmm. which he basically said that he wanted this album to be like this kind of like really over the top artistic expression and overthought in so yeah. many ways and really dense mm-hmm. um and then to with the intention of having a follow-up album which which they do have a follow-up mm-hmm. album called Sure to be more like mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar's Damn which was a more bright e- more easily accessible album but similar when it comes to like the sentiment of like opening up to uh humanity uh, and you know not wanting to be alone but like putting putting the medicine in something like a little more sweet basically
1: So Christian I think you you've done something that I wouldn't have done a year ago and that's I kind of want to listen to more fleet bosses, so. <laughs> awesome <laughs> I think I think I will check out sure at least because I like I, I like prog- progression you know mm-hmm. album to album like how does this one? sound different how does this one react to the world so yeah if it's brighter and poppier coming out of the like dull drums that is uh crack up then i'm yeah
0: interested in i'd say it. it's
1: lighter it's it's more funky i would say
0: too a lot of a lot of drums Bums and bass funky. not like not like uh I mean, uptown funk type of funky but more like uh no nah, no it's just you the, the bass and drums stand out a lot more on their next
1: their next their yeah. follow-up album um so yeah this is I think this is so interesting because, like, just like our differences of, of, of our music taste. Yeah, it's like there's probably someone listening to this. Like, he didn't fucking listen to Shore. <laughs> like, what? That was like one of the biggest albums around the time it came out. So, uh, yeah, Shore's great. <laughs> I, Shore came out. I, I like I like that we're we're talking about this. I like that we can we can discuss and influence each That's other. That's Right. This, this is, cool. is how you grow as a person. <laughs> you got to talk to people about what you care Do about. Do we want wanted? To, and we can't be loners because that's how we get cracked up. You get
0: crack up. But he arrived at a <laughs> great place in the end. And what's cool is that he by did. the time that they were touring this album, you know, he was in a much better place because mm-hmm. he, he at the time he, he ended up speaking about you know like having suicidal thoughts and things like that. And he opened up. Was, you mentioned yeah. that he was like private. He was private for a very long time and like decided to step away. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the great products of this album for him personally mm-hmm. is that he's completely opened up. And he's he actually is super active on Instagram. I've gotten to actually message him back a a number of times. Um, That's cool. And he's very he's very fan engaging um, and just like a really awesome dude. He like I I got a copy of Shore and he like signed it and wrote like a message Mm -hmm. in there. Did you uh,
1: Did you ever find that uh, cutout? That you were no, for? I actually
0: went to look yesterday. Uh, I, someone must have got it, I guess, because this record there's only one darn. record store that was like participating in that thing, and you had to make an appointment to go because of like COVID stuff. And uh, yeah. it took me forever to be able to actually get in there. Um, and they didn't have they didn't have to. Was anything. that Goner? No, Goner's not doing it, it was Shangri La Records. Uh, yeah, yeah, Goner's just letting people in, but they weren't participating in that Fleet Foxes thing. But uh, anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's grown to become like a, a more uh, he's very open. Now mm-hmm. and he's even got a song on the follow-up album called "Can I Believe You," which is specifically about mm-hmm. that. And he actually sam- he actually asked people on Instagram to send him vocals of them singing this melody, and he took like like a thousand people's vocals and like mixed them all together. And that's like the intro to the song on there. And the song is about trusting complete strangers, basically. Uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to like how good you are musically or how good you are as a person and things like that. So he's very open. Mm-hmm. Now like so he had to go through you gotta go through you gotta go through tragedy and you gotta go through um some suffering sometimes to to grow, mm-hmm. you know. You gotta take some some rotten lemons and make some nice lemonade sometimes. So anyway, that's what the sentiment sounds good of, to me is about. All right.
1: Crack up, Crack up. by Fleet Check it Foxes. out, it's on all
0: streaming services.
1: Commentated by ha 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 fantastic. <laughs>
0: so i i All guess right. this next part I, I i just tagged this in when i was like mixing the last one it's just like art of the week we can call this last section art of the week if you want i don't know that's like the the,
1: the yeah i don't i don't know because like the description of what this is it's like not a title yeah <laughs> yeah uh art of the week yeah i mean something find yeah something. you got e- and, and e- yeah, email us better, it. <laughs> fantastic email podcast us. what should
0: this last section be called and we'll send you a.
1: Maybe we'll pick, we'll yours. pick yours. Probably yeah. not. But, you
0: know, maybe. Um, uh, all right. So, so Alex. You want to go first? Me go first? Uh, you go first. What What is your art of the week, Alec? What okay. influenced you or spoke right. to you this week?
1: So, this is not a happy one this week. Okay. <laughs> this is. So, uh, I was at work. And we, uh, the radio was on, I think it was eighties. Yeah. Like eight, like eighties channel. Mm-hmm. And the song came on that the doctor I was working with recognized. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is by the nails. I was like, I've never heard of the nails. So the song was basically this guy, uh, over like the synthy track, um, just talking about women, like just various women he's met in his life. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of like each. So the song's called 88 lines about 44 women. Yeah. And I was like, "That's a interesting, like hook for a song." Where he would just do two lines about like he'd say like, um, "Sandy was a punk and she had crazy hair," and he would just describe these forty four different women. So I was like, "I'm gonna go home and like listen to this song like in full," because I was just catching like bits and pieces of it. Yeah. So I started listening to the song, and uh, the first two were were kind of normal about girls Deborah and Carla. But then the third line is what really stood out to me. The third line is, Mary was a black girl. I was afraid of a girl like that. What the And I fuck? just immediately was like, what? Wow. And it's, and it just, like, I listened to the rest of the song, and he does other kind of, like, like weird takes on some women um, yeah. throughout the song. I'm like, this is not a cool song. Yeah. But that just kind of... So the song came out in the 80s. Let me see if I can find the actual year. Um, let's see. Maybe I should have been prepared beforehand. <laughs> Art of the Week is spontaneous. Uh, 81. Ni- 1981 as a EP track. So it was just such a jarring thing to hear yeah. because there's this weird... You know, outside of music, like pop music, you don't really hear these like takes on like race or anything, but like to hear it just so like jarringly blatant like that, it wasn't even like Mary was a black girl and she liked to paint. It was just, I was afraid of a girl like that. Like it's just, he's immediately, he's just saying he's scared of, of black people and he's intimidated by them. Yeah. And I was like, just on a broader scale, it's uh, we were talking a little bit last week about how, um, a lot of black characters and like Marvel movies, for example, like you could tell they weren't written by, yeah, um, like, like black writers. Yeah. Um, and I just realized, man, all this arts as, uh, kind of misrepresented so many people that aren't, you know, the, the like their voices and being heard through this and
0: this, this person's perspective on, on, uh, yeah. uh, uh in this case, black women is being projected outward. Um, yeah, in a very negative way,
1: yeah, it's like it it just it bummed me out. I was like, this had the like idea of being a really cool song, and then I was just immediately like, wow. like yeah like fuck this dude, bummed, yeah, yeah, re- literally like, fuck this dude, and this was like a song on the radio, like this was kind of like this normalized like thing like no and i went in and tried to google like controversies or criticisms and like i couldn't really find anything about it so So it's like i guess it just existed as like a pop song and like i said i heard it on the radio at work yeah well see that's see
0: that's interesting because that's a very like uh cut and dry clear example of something that's pretty fucked up that's that i'm imagining was pretty like easy to understand and like clear to hear um without having heard the song um yeah. but I think
1: yeah I and I thought about it a lot like could they have meant this could they have meant this and it's like no literally Mary was a black girl I was afraid of a girl like that like her characteristic is she's black is what yeah. he's like there's no I don't I don't see any other like interpretation yeah. here yeah that I think comes from so, like a person who probably has not yeah. spent that much time around black people before. Yeah, uh, and again, this is a song about forty-four different women, so like it probably goes in where forty-three it's, of these women are are white, and then like one is black. presumably. And I, I imagine, I mean, I, when
0: you when you mentioned the title of the song, it's like mm, we're probably gonna get into like some sexism shit here. <laughs>
1: I think. Um, yeah. So. I, I thought it could be a cute song about just past people he's like dated or interacted with, but no, it was not cute not that at all. No. What, what, just just wonder, wonder what happened to this guy. Well, they only had one hit, and this was what? it. So,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you ever heard of the nails, ladies and gentlemen? This probably is not. Probably why. <laughs> so fuck that guy. He didn't make yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. It's it, it it, The fact that it was just a, a pop song on the radio and it was so normalized, it kind of... Yeah, it leads to people having these weird perceptions about people who are different. Than well, them. hey,
0: dude, you know, talk about... If you want to break down, like, lyrics, songs, man, there's some crazy shit playing on the radio today, dude. Uh, yeah. For sure. Um, that it's kind of weird that... So it's interesting because like, so my, I hope, I hope, uh, my sister's listening to this because my sister's Mm -hmm. a big fan of future, like a really big fan Mm -hmm. of future. And I am not so much a big fan of future, but she got me to listen to a lot more of his music. And even when I looked Mm -hmm. at my like Spotify year thing, like the number one song I listened to the most, apparently in 2020 was a future song, which really surprised me. I had it on like a workout (laughs) playlist, which is why, but, um. Anyway, uh, his lyrics are questionable, to put it mildly, uh, <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to women specifically. Um, yeah. Like, and he's extremely popular, and uh, you know his music plays on the radio all the fucking time. He basically has an album out every friggin' year, um, mm-hmm. and most of his songs are about. Uh, so okay, so far, let's see. We shit on Blink One Eighty Two fans, and we shit on Mumford and Sons fans. fans. I'm not shitting on Future, but I'm just saying that <laughs> he's not. You kind of He's are. not really. Uh, let's say woke for lack of a better word. <laughs> I guess.
1: Send us your favorite Future songs at ha 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 fantastic at Gmail. He's got
0: this song called uh, Thought It Was a Drought. Which was on like this album called mm-hmm. Dirty Sprite 2, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just the first words of this song are it's like, how's it go? It's like it's like dirty soda, Spike Lee, White Girl, Iced tea, fully loaded AP. Uh, and then he and then he goes like, I just fucked your bitch in some Gucci flip-flops. I just had two bitches and I made them lip lock. And I and like this is, this is how the song, This is how the album starts. This is like the first thing you hear on the album. I'm like, uh, pretty cool beat, mm-hmm. and it sets a tone because mm-hmm. Future's whole deal is like it's like a it's like a vibe more so. Is like his whole thing, but uh yeah. lyrically it's like, eh, are
1: you listening to what he's fucking saying? It's kind of fucked up. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. What is? I mean, I I feel like we're gonna. I actually I don't even know. I was going to say, I feel like we're in a better place where we're more cognizant about that. But with like the explosion of the internet, the past 20 years, music has uh, proliferated. And people have had access to putting out music that normally wouldn't have been able to mm-hmm. prior to like 2000. Yeah. So I don't even know if there is a way to, to, to tell. Like, is music... Like, are are songs like that still as prevalent as they were beforehand? Or do you think we're we're moving in a direction where people are more woke? That's a a
0: good point, because basically, the thing that's really, I guess, changed from, like, let's say, our parents' generation to our generation is that, you know, most people, like, they get their music from the radio, or unless you were, like, Mm -hmm. more so into music. You know, you were going to record stores, and, you know, that was, like, your... Second Avenue, basically, that you could kind of go down. Yeah,
1: it almost felt like if you were more into music, like you were that genre. Like that kind of defined you. Like if you liked punk music, you were like a punk. Like you couldn't casually enjoy. Yeah, there weren't, there weren't of a music, lot of like really.
0: intercrossing sort of like you, you those people, yeah. punks sit over there, you know, ska people over there, you know, uh, mm. disco people right over there in the corner. You know, it was, it was never like this sort of like mixing of the minds uh, sort yeah. of thing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just bring up the future thing just to say, you know, uh, in relation to what you, what you, what you said about the nails, because, yeah. um, you know, I think that's one of the things that's just like a part of society. I mean, not everyone is really mm-hmm. like listening to a nail song, for example, or a future song, like trying to like mm-hmm. break down the lyrics of what they're talking about. It depends on like mm-hmm. what it is you're listening to music
1: for. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've always, uh, Sorry, I'll just going. say it's
0: what I, I. So I actually, I wrote a paper about this in, in college about how a lot of times mm-hmm. you you know listen to music, um, which is I think is changing a little bit more nowadays. But like, uh, it, it, it's it's kind of involuntary. It's like you can't like choose what you're gonna hear on the ra- like a certain time. You couldn't choose what was going you were gonna hear on the radio. Uh, you couldn't choose yeah. what song you're gonna hear like in a commercial or a movie. It's just like you hear the music um Mm -hmm. and but now we're in a place where you can more so decide when and where you want to like listen to something yeah uh and but at the same time it's like you know people listen to music for all types of fucking reasons like the reason why you know like i said it's like you know i think future's lyrics are questionable but his song um i think what song was it it was like uh crushed up or something like that you're at it was like you're asking it was the wrong it was guy. like the number one song i had listened to all of last year which you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. given my taste in music but uh i think it was a good song for like working out too basically is what i'm saying
1: mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah i've always like we 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 enjoy music a little more intensely than the average person uh does but that doesn't mean that they're Sorry, my my dog's growling at me. Roscoe. Uh, that doesn't mean people are you have a dog named Roscoe. He's he's super cute. We'll put him <laughs> up on our website. Here's we a picture a of website. him. Oh wait, it's the wrong <laughs> media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah just, can you throw it up on the screen, Christian? Um no, it's if you had a hard day at work and you get in your car and you just turn it on a country station and you just like listen to, you know, flip flops and cold beer and trucks, and it's just like that helps you relax. I am all for yeah. it. Like, I'm, I'm all for creating a more relaxing mood. You, People can enjoy music however they they want to enjoy it. It doesn't make anything better or worse. It's just, like, you, you need it for your your specific vibe. So, Kirsten, you said mentioned a uh, future song while working out. If it's, like, a great beat to work out it to, definitely then like, absolutely go for it. Um, but I guess the question then becomes, it's like, do we... Um, have songs like, like wop. Is that how you say it? Or WAP? Wop. <laughs> Wap. <laughs> Dude, the first time I heard someone say wop, I hadn't heard of the song, and I thought they were like, like making fun of a, a an Asian person. Oh, isn't that because that's slang? In, in that is it? I don't know. Uh, that's a derogatory term towards I forgot which specific people, but yeah, I did. It's it's not a good word. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever, I don't know any of
0: these like racial slurs for all ethnicities. Um, they're always like new to oh, wh-
1: me. White white people know more. Most there's of them. one
0: that's called a wasp, which is something that has something to do with like white Anglo-Saxon person. Is that what that means?
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wap is a racial term for an Italian ah. person. That's totally wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not something like. Like it's a slur. It's like something you'd say in a derogatory way. White Anglo-Saxon. So that's what Protestant. I thought someone was doing. Uh, I thought someone was like making fun of someone. I was like, "What?" And it's like, "No, it means wet ass pussy." And I was like, "Oh, that's better." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's there's a lot of controversy of like Nicki Minaj is, it's putting this in your your kids' ear holes, and she's like, "I'm not supposed to be raising your kids." Like. It, they, there's a weird like responsibility. That's a Cardi B and Megan
0: Stallion song, not a Nicki oh, Minaj song.
1: <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the correction. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if there there should be, I, and I'm not talking about censorship. I'm talking about uh, people wanting to you know put out the 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 music and the the words that they want into the world, and hopefully it doesn't bring anyone down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, you know, that, that, I think it just goes back to the conversation about, you know,
1: art reflecting life and
0: vice versa and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And uh,
1: So maybe that's what they were talking about, the nails. He's like, white he people are scared of black people, and that's fucked up. <laughs> his own insecurities of like not really knowing how to um, interact with someone outside of his race because maybe he wasn't raised that way.
0: I don't know. No. Be, we, that's the like
1: doesn't, we said. Doesn't make me really want to listen to the <laughs> right. song. But like we
0: said last week, I mean, it's you know, a piece of art can mean whatever you want. It can mean as much or as little as you as you think it can. So um, that's true.
1: So maybe if I contextualize it, this song was being ironic. <laughs> that way,
0: <laughs> he was like super woke, and they, they did He's being ironic. They didn't make in it. The 80s. They didn't make it because like the man shut him down. Like we don't need this shit on the radio. <laughs> it's
1: com- a song completely where misunderstood. He's, uh, <laughs> Uh, where he's talking about women and just being weird about them maybe yeah he's making a, a specific line a, a deep <laughs> just, contextual yeah just one
0: thing it's like, <laughs> i like going want to put a little nugget of something that's like really you know
1: deep and the rest Rina of it's going to be bullshit you was a nameless girl a geographic memory you know you know you, it's all in there wow what a deep song
0: <laughs> it reminds me of that uh in like the Dewey Cox story I don't know if you ever saw that movie um Mm-mm. where like there's a bit in the movie where he's basically like supposed to be Bob Dylan and he's saying a bunch of like mm-hmm. nonsense he's like the mouse with the of a bad explained to the like he's like saying a bunch of shit and then the offstage yeah. there's this guy this guy he's like what the hell is he talking about and he's like he turns around he's like mm-hmm. this is deep you're an idiot <laughs> 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 oh man all right so yeah the nails so what what
1: about you what yeah. And what art spoke to you uh, this There week? were
0: a couple of things. Uh, every time, mm-hmm. right before I hop on, there's like, I had a thing, and then like something else happened, I'm like, oh, man. Mm, there's, another there's another thing. thing. There's like yeah. three things I have this week, but I, I'm only going to talk Ooh. about, uh, I kind of only talk about all of them, but I'll just talk a little bit. We can, we can briefly right, talk about it. real each quick, one. last week I talked about Falcon Winter Soldier, and I thought mm-hmm. that they were going to like go with this like racial, talking more about like racial issues in America when it came to the characters and the story. Um, and yeah. they definitely did episode two. Like, kept on yeah. going for sure, and I fucking love mm-hmm. it. So check out that show. Sir, so is this
1: is this guy is this guy bothering yeah. you in the street? He's like, no, we're just talking. It's yeah. like he seems like he's bothering you. No, we're just yeah. we're just talking.
0: They, 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 they. they I'm loving that they're doing that. And uh, you should. Yeah, I,
1: I, I specifically I love the line "Black Falcon" versus just Falcon. Yeah, and he's like, what are
0: you black kid? What's going anyway. Uh, so this yeah. is cool. I recommend that show. Check it out. It's on Disney Plus right now. Um, but. Uh, Earlier this week, so the other two things. Earlier this week, I watched this movie called The Way Back, which is um, a mm-hmm. movie uh, starring Ben Affleck that's about a uh, alcoholic who becomes a high school basketball coach. Um, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was a great movie, and it was really interesting. It's kind, of, it's kind of meta because Ben Affleck is a recovering alcoholic, um, and he took this role like basically like right kind of before that that came out that, that he was dealing with that um and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it, the story doesn't really go like kind of where you think it would go because you know there's lots it's it's, it's kind of like one of those movies you think kind of going in that it's going to be that sort of uh you know oh the, the coach the hardcore coach comes in mm-hmm. to straighten these like knuckleheads out or whatever and then they're gonna go yeah. on and like you know win the Fucking championship or whatever the fucking win
1: the game, the big and, game. And it's
0: not, it's, 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 it's more so, it's not really like that. It's more so about Ben Affleck's character and it doesn't kind of like go the way you might think it go as far as the story progresses. um mm-hmm. But I just f- found it to be like really interesting and, and kind of uh, endearing. And uh, uh, it's that's, I, I felt like that was kind of like a, it's kind of a huge, there's got to be a kind of a huge step to one, not only like admit that you're an alcoholic in your own personal life, mm-hmm. but then be famous and like say it to the world.
1: Yeah. And, then, and it's like broadcasting that you have yeah. issues. And then take a role yeah, like it's that. It's tough. And he, he's
0: talked about it's it promoting the movie. This movie came out like right before COVID hit, Um, like uh, like very end of 2019, early 2020. Um mm. It's on HBO Max right now. Do so you want to check that out? Is it?
1: Okay. Might
0: have to check it um, out. But the last thing I was going to mention was just... Uh, there's this movie called uh, Minari that I went to go see yesterday. Oh yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go tomorrow. How was it? It's great. Yes, I'll, I'll avoid any sort of like spoilers, anything like that. But um, it, it's I knew absolutely nothing going into this movie. I had All I know is it's
1: good and it has Stephen Yen in it. Yep, that's, that's all, all I, I, I
0: knew going in. Stephen Yen from cool. uh, Walking Dead fame. Um, uh, from.
1: Um, Tuca and Birdie fame. Fame. Christian.
0: I don't know what Tuca and Birdie is. What's
1: that? It was a. Uh, um uh so the the character designer on Bojack Horseman, she has her own show called Tuca and Birdie, mm-hmm. and it is Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish as uh birds, like bird people. Yeah. And then Ali Wong's boyfriend is Stephen Yen. So it's very much it's it's a comedy, it's super wacky. So if you like if you want a wackier, way wackier Bojack Horseman, it's Tuca and Birdie.
0: Okay, I got to check that out. Um, but mainly, I'd say, I mean, it's a great, beautiful story. I had no idea what it was about going in. And the score for it is amazing. I, is I really... Good? I think it's nominated, yeah, right? It is for, for Best Original Oscar?
1: Score. And I see why, because it's fucking great. It's really great. Um, dude, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so happy to go back to movie theaters yeah, now. Yeah, dude. Um, that they're opened up and more people are vaccinated. Uh, I went and got to see Land a couple weeks ago in the theater, mm-hmm. and it was just amazing. I even broke my my nachos uh, rule and like got snacks for the movie. I normally wouldn't get snacks for a movie. Right, like yeah. Oh yeah, dude! I was just so excited dude, to be dude, back. Dude, you got to talk about in, uh, talk
0: about your nachos theory, please. All right, <laughs> tell, tell, your here's, here's, <laughs> tell your nachos story.
1: All right, here's my nachos story. <laughs> so, I uh, when when *Selma* came out, the the Martin Luther King Jr. movie. Um, I went on a Sunday afternoon matinee and I hadn't eaten lunch yet. So I'm like, man, I'm really hungry. Um, I'm going to get some nachos. I was, I was feeling frisky. I'm like, I want something more than popcorn. Uh, so I'm going to get nachos. And, uh, I got my nachos and went in to see Selma. And then throughout that experience, I realized that there are nachos movies <laughs> and there are not nachos <laughs> movies. Um, I realized this when, um, um, <laughs> he was talking about his infidelity to his wife and I was like scraping the bottom of like the cheese section <laughs> and like, like crunching up. on these. <laughs> yeah. That like the crinkling of it. And then I was just like biting down on <laughs> chips. and I was like, man, I'm totally ruining this moment. <laughs> and uh, then I realized from, from then on, I'm like, there are going to be nachos movies and not nachos movies. Like if I'm going to see, a Marvel movie, it's a nachos movie. It's like, you're having a good time. There's a lot of loud stuff happening, but if I'm going to see, um, oh, what's a, yeah, just it's some kind of like indie drama type thing where it's like very low key. And it's kind of serious. Uh, I'm, I usually don't get snacks cause I want to be more like in that world and, uh, yeah, in that experience. So, uh, try it out for yourself. <laughs> just, just grab a plate of nachos and walk into the movie and think, See, see if it's appropriate. Yeah, most people probably don't care. They're just hungry and they'll eat. But for me, it, <laughs> I try to engross myself in the movie. Yeah, and I, uh, that totally took me. I,
0: I it's so funny because I saw
1: Selma in theaters
0: too, and I think it's the only time I've seen it. But it's like a pretty serious mm. film. Yeah. <laughs> I just like imagine you just like making all this noise with your fucking nachos. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> it so funny. You know, you see someone eating nachos. And I think you automatically assume a state of mind of a person. <laughs> like Is he even getting I'm any of this? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the thing. It's like here. he's here eating nachos. Is he, what did he think is this he was actually paying attention? <laughs> what do you think this was going on? <laughs> what, what an in? idiot. Does he think he's at a ballpark? He's also <laughs> alone. Why is he alone <laughs> eating nachos watching Selma? <laughs> um, yeah. So I try to <laughs> I try to pick the snack that meets the mood. And uh, that was, (laughs) that's how I discovered. Yeah, there's just movies that that just
0: don't. Maybe like uh, drinks go with every movie, I would say, but snacks maybe Mm -hmm. not so much. But I mean, you know, get them if you need them, if you want them. People probably don't care that much. Yeah,
1: don't don't listen to me. (laughs) Get get what you want. It's it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. So well, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to episode
0: two of uh, Ha Ha Ha. Fantastic fantastic uh, do we have a jingle by now possibly we, we do I, I put one in or may, or maybe we don't I, maybe I changed my mind <laughs> in the future and I took <laughs> it out
1: um, and we took it out we're like now nah, you guys don't deserve this but uh yeah so I don't think we have any social media presence either I'm gonna to, make a to plug
0: uh, see that's the thing I thought about making like a Twitter uh, for this yeah. uh, which I c- I can I guess yeah or an Instagram both or either. Mm-hmm. I need to we need like a we need we need to make have somebody make like a logo like a little thimble for our thing though. We got to mm-hmm. do that. I thought I thought maybe Hannah could do it cuz she's done that before for people. Yeah. Um but, uh or someone someone or I could do it you mm-hmm. could do it, but we gotta do something yeah. for that, or, or yeah, other, yeah, we have to other, have, we have to start
1: making. Otherwise, things. it'll just be that little
0: <laughs> like note symbol or whatever. It looks super yeah. cheap, so we got we got to create a we got to create a thimble. So I'll get on that too. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Email us at ha 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 fantastic at gmail.com. with your. If we set up
1: an Instagram or something, leave <laughs> get, leave comments. Get us up on
0: Twitter. <laughs> it is us up on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, man. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. If,
1: yeah, if you have any suggestions, we will promptly ignore them.
0: <laughs> All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. Here's what else you need to know today. To reach us, email us at ha 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 at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Actually, see you next
1: week. <laughs>